Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Today, we want to talk about inflation. I'm Coach Nino Villa, and alongside of me, as always, my partner on the airwaves, Sarah Jones. And uh, when we talk about inflation today and what's up with it, we're going to make sure to keep our conversation apolitical. We are not interested in donkeys or elephants. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> but we want to just talk about uh, what's going on with inflation and how that's affecting your budget. And so, Sarah, right before we got on, you had uh, said something about controlling something, something, something. Mm, yes, yes. Um we can't do anything. We cannot control inflation. We can't do anything about that. But we have a choice in how we handle it. And we have a choice on how we control it in our own homes. And so that's where we our focus needs to be, right? It doesn't need to be on all the other junk out there. It just needs to be, what can we do in our own homes to make this tolerable and to get through it, right? Because this isn't going to be around forever. You know, this, you know, you had said, you know, it's, it's very much like a season, right? And it is. That's right. Um, you know, I might not have, um, I might not have been around or like I was around, but I might not have been aware of things going on in like the mid eighties where there was some hyperinflation that led to like a recession and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I might not have a ton of experience with inflation, like in my adult life and, and paying my bills and whatnot. But we know that these things are seasonal. We know that mm -hmm. they come and they go. We experience really good economies. We've experienced not so great economies. I mean, I am old enough that I was an adult through 2008 and the, the whole housing uh, market crash and all of all of that. And right. my wife and I, back then, we had like a little saying that we don't participate in recessions. <laughs> and so I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying not to participate in inflation, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's <laughs> a little more challenging uh, a thing. But yeah, I think sure. you're absolutely right. Today's focus is about controlling what we can control and controlling you know, the, the plan and what we do in our own household so that we can mm -hmm. um, just kind of weather the storm until it all just kind of normalizes again, you know, hopefully in the not too distant future. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I think it's important to, to mention that it doesn't matter where you're at financially. It doesn't matter. Um, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It affects us all. What we're going through this inflation right now, it affects every single one of us we're talking with it uh, talking about it we're dealing mm -hmm. with it right so it doesn't mean you know i've mentioned i'm 100 percent debt free it does not mean that it is not directly affecting my household right it, it i have clients that have a lot of debt it doesn't mean that it's not directly affecting their household so i think it's just important to mention that it affects us all now albay differently right i mean it affects all of us differently but it affects us no matter where we're at. And, and so um, sometimes I think people 
fall into the mindset that, oh, if I just made more money, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. And you know what? It might not be as big of a deal, but it's still going to affect you. Um, we mm -hmm. have chosen, you know, my husband and I have talked a lot about it. What do we need to do in our household, right? Where are the adjustments that we need to make so we can weather the storm, so we can get through it, so we can, um, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't take us off track um, of where we're, we're, of where we're going and what we're trying to do. You know, we're full-time RVers, Nino, and we were just talking, you know, um, fuel prices, that's, that's a, that's a big expense for a full-time RV or on the road. <laughs> right. And so what do we need to do I would imagine. to, to make those adjustments? Right. And, and, um, so, you know, we, we talked about a couple of things, um, and it's okay to make those adjustments. I think too, I want to just put the, put it out there that it's okay to make adjustments to your plan. We should be, I don't think we do enough of that sometimes, right? That. Yes. I, and I think that's w where this process begins for all of us. You're absolutely right. It, mm -hmm. it affects every single one of us, whether you make $10,000 a year or $100,000 a year, it doesn't matter. You're being impacted by inflation one way or another. And so where do you begin? Well, you begin where you were just alluding to, and that is let's review and revise the game plan. So our game mm -hmm. plan is that budget that we have. Um, if you budget uh, according to new money habit principles, that means that you're budgeting every pay period. And so you're looking and you're kind of reviewing, you know, biweekly, every week, whatever that is for you. Um, but it's time to review it. It's time to mm -hmm. uh, not just kind of build out the budget for next month uh, based on maybe the previous month, but it's time to really, you know, peel back on a couple of the categories and make some decisions. And, uh, mm -hmm. and those decisions may be for a season or you may decide to make permanent changes, but it's time to review it. And no better place to start than maybe even with like the gas budget. So I'm mm -hmm. curious, you and your husband, you are full-time <laughs> RVers. What have you guys decided just for yourselves when it comes to gasoline prices? Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> we are making fewer trips, you know, so we're being more intentional, number one, with just the trips that we're making. Um, as full-time RVers, part of why we are living this lifestyle is because we want to explore right? We want to get out and explore the different states, different areas, you know, that's part of it, but we're being a lot more intentional with that. So making fewer trips, um, is a big one. Um, you know, we are looking into a couple of different gas apps, right? Apps for getting cheaper fuel. There are a lot of places that, you know, um, have these kinds of perks on top of just your regular grocery store rewards, which we do use, but our normal grocery store isn't in all the states, right? And so where can we, mm -hmm. what can we do that's consistent and, and using a gas app to, to find the cheapest fuel and to maybe even get a couple of bucks back on that. Um, and, you know, here's what I want to mention that, you know, a dollar is a dollar. You know, if we can save a buck, I'm all for it. You know, sometimes I think we, we need to make these grand things, mm -hmm. right? These, these grand decisions and grand changes. We're like, oh, I can save 10,000 a year. Well, that's awesome, but also don't be afraid to look at some of the smaller changes that you can make too. And um, so fewer trips, finding um, 
you know, one of those gas apps and using that to get um, um, the most cost effective fuel and also making mm -hmm. sure our vehicles in good running order, you know, making mm -hmm. sure it's up to date on the maintenance, because if your maintenance isn't, um, you know, up to date, your tires are low, you end up costing yourself a little bit more in the fuel area mm -hmm. too. So um, those are a couple of couple of things and you know what and we have a motorcycle too that you know so we're trying because that gets so our truck pulling our fifth wheel 10 miles the gallon motorcycle 50 miles to the gallon so we are choosing to take that more places too yeah. um because we can get a lot farther so a couple of the uh, areas that you know just with fuel that we're making some major adjustments in yeah i and i was gonna go like i'm so glad you went there i was gonna go there too is so we have a two-car household as well. And um, the minivan lugging us all around gets about 20 miles to the gallon. But my older, but much smaller car gets like 30 miles to the gallon. So now on a weekend when the wife and I maybe have to kind of split up and, and I'm going somewhere with our son and she's going somewhere with our daughter, normally the minivan is hers and the, the smaller car is mine. But now if she's traveling a farther distance, it's mm -hmm. maybe we should maybe we should switch vehicles and it and it can just be those small little decisions but those small little decisions consistently add up to big things yes. so to your point about saving a dollar might not seem very significant but you save a dollar here you save a couple of bucks there you sit you keep saving and all mm -hmm. of a sudden those savings together add up to be something that might be more significant you know, and I think, can I just make a point with that too, really quick that, you know, for somebody who's on a really tight budget, every single dollar makes a big difference, right? When your budget's really tight, when your budget isn't maybe necessarily as tight and you've got a little bit more, you know, leeway, you know, some flexibility in it, you know, I think it comes down to what's important to you too. And for me, I want to have more of my dollars to be spending on experiences and less going to fuel. So I'm willing to make more adjustments in some of those areas. So I've still got the dollars to spend on, you know, the other areas that are, maybe are a little bit more important to me. Right. And so, um, to, to, to make those choices. And again, those are choices that all of us can make. Um, if a certain area in your budget um, is really important to you. If you're working really hard on that debt payoff and you want to keep going, then you can choose to make some um, adjustments in your fuel, you know, the gas budget, right? And so um, it comes back. I want to I want to hit that point home a lot that we really, each of us have a choice here, that we're not just at the mercy of what else is going on, that we have a choice every single day in our household, how we handle this. That's right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it it's, it speaks to the importance about going back and, and reviewing the plan. And mm -hmm. remember your plan, another principle that we teach is that your plan should be prioritized. And so if your plan is written out in a way that the top priorities are literally at the top of the page and the lower priorities make their way to the bottom of the page, well, then you can kind of hang out at the bottom of your budget and, and ask the question, what here do we want to either change or eliminate or whatever the case may be in order to 
focus on the things that are important to us. So I think about right now, not only are gas prices on the rise, mm-hmm. trips to the grocery store is costing more and more money each time, but some of the big subscriptions out there have just increased mm-hmm. their rates and Prime, Amazon Prime is one of them. And so both their monthly and their annual subscription rates have gone up. Netflix is in the process currently of raising their rates. Mm. And so even there where maybe those subscriptions are lower down on on the budget because getting to and from work, so gas is higher up on the budget than that, um, putting food on the table ought to be higher mm-hmm. than that. And so maybe mm-hmm. you're staring at some of these subscriptions, asking yourself, do I really need these right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're, you're going to shift focus for a little while. I pretty sure that I've shared this on the podcast before, but I'll share it again. When we first started our new money habits, one of the, there was actually two very significant things that my wife and I did that were things that were only for a season. Actually, I guess three, technically. One of them was at the time we had two cars. I was working from home. My wife stays at home. So we sold the second car and I wasn't mm-hmm. even including that in the, in the two things, but we've now since gotten back to two cars. So we only went down to one car for a season, mm-hmm. but the other two that were a little bit crazier that, that really got people scratching their heads or just, they were, they couldn't believe it is uh, one as big of a sports fan as I am. And I needed my satellite dish in order to see my favorite sports team. I got rid of the satellite dish for I think we got rid of it for about a year, year and a half before Mm. we cleaned up a bunch of debt. And after we cleaned up a bunch of debt, the wife and I looked at each other and said, hey, like, I really want this back. And she's like, yeah, me too. So we got it back. But we went a year or a year and a half without. The other one is we went from paying $160 a month for two cell phones Mm. down to one shared cell phone for $50 a month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's usually the That's a the, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the reaction that that one garners is <clears throat> you did what now? Um but again it was for a season. And that season was right. probably even shorter. It was maybe 6 months or so, but for a period of time we shared a cell phone and after some time had gone by and again debt had got cleaned up, the other things that were more important to me at that time mm-hmm. once those got cleaned up then it was, hey, you know what? We can afford to have two cell phones again, but we were just smarter this time. And instead of being in a contract and having two phones that are financed and paying $160 a month, we found other alternatives that allowed us to pay, pay $90 a month. And, uh, you know, so there's just a couple of examples of mm-hmm. getting back into the plan called the budget, reviewing it, and starting to make some adjustments. Sure. And, you know, that's um, similar. My husband and I, when we were kind of in the the midst, you know, kind of the, the middle ground, right, of our um, our journey and our, our main focus at that time was getting a good budget, feeling comfortable and getting, you know, out of debt. We canceled the same thing, our satellite dish. And, you know, that's been um, probably mm, almost 12 years. We have, and we never, we chose to never get it back. Um, so, but it was a big one, right? That was a big one. And, you know, you know, you mentioned a couple of good things in there, which I think sometimes we forget, 
Um, I have certainly been guilty of this, but you know, just to reevaluate the plans that we do have, right? So maybe we don't want to drop them. Maybe we, maybe, oh, if I had to share a cell phone with my husband, I don't know. It might be kind of dicey, right? But <laughs> um, if, uh, you know, there are a lot of new companies out that I have clients that use these new services that they're paying $10, $20 a month for good cell coverage, right? So I think this is an opportunity mm -hmm. to just to reevaluate, like you said, and maybe it's not even canceling a service, but maybe it's looking to see what do these services offer? Cell phone companies now, lots of new things going on. So maybe you're paying for Netflix. I'll just use that. But maybe you can get it free through your cell phone company with the plan that you have, right? And so look at these That's options, right. um, you know, so that way you're not really giving up anything other than the bill. Um, you know, we get yeah. so into, you know, our, our day to day that sometimes I think we forget and really just a good evaluation of our financial plan, right? Just going from top to bottom, most important to least important, like you said, and deciding where can we make some adjustments because we need to. So where, where are we going to make those, those adjustments? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, we, we do live in a day and an age where bundling services are, is usually going to save you some money, right? And so um, depending on your cell phone carrier, if they have one of these streaming services that you're already paying for, mm -hmm. maybe you can save that way. That That's brilliant. Um, I think there's other places where, you know, if you haven't done so already, like auto and homeowners insurance bundled might save you some money. So to your mm -hmm. point, it's not necessarily even about eliminating anything as much as it is about simply eliminating a bill because you've been able to bundle it with something else. I think that's really yeah. smart. Mm -hmm. You know, other parts of the plan that kind of just strike me as important to, to really look at are things like your, your grocery bill as well. Um, mm -hmm. When I think about uh, kind of even our grocery habits over the last, say, three to six months here in my household, and, and I'm actually seeing this now take shape with a lot of my clients as well, and that is there's more like meal planning before going shopping to mm -hmm. be like, these are the very specific items I'm looking for. And so many grocers now have apps where you can kind of go online and kind of put some stuff in a cart and just get a sense of how much is this and whatnot before mm -hmm. actually you know, pulling the trigger and buying it. So with a little bit of meal prep, with a little bit of um, thoughtfulness around what are we going to get from the grocery store and also the number of trips, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a shift to instead of grocery shopping, you know, once a week or even multiple times a week, people are getting to a point where they're trying to do it once a pay period. So maybe if that's biweekly, mm -hmm. it's once every two weeks, mm -hmm. or even in some cases, once a month and really just buying what you need for the month and really disciplining yourself to stay staying within what's in the pantry, what's within the refrigerator mm -hmm. and, and really, you know, go shopping, put that stuff in those places and then really stick to, I only make meals at home with the items that I have. 
Absolutely. And utilize, you know, online coupons, right? And, you know, and sometimes, you know, my eyes have been opened a little bit more because I am in the Phoenix area right now and the grocery store options are vast um, as where I came from, only a couple, right? And so, um, but when you have so many options, you have options to choose stores that are more cost effective. We found a store now we have to drive a little bit farther, but I still did our numbers, right? And we're saving about $40 a grocery trip, even driving farther to this grocery store versus going to the one that's closest to us. So take some time to, you know, work out your numbers and see where, where am I actually, where can I actually save money? Because just because the store is closer and you're saving on gas doesn't mean that it's actually cheaper all the way around. Right. And so I think just being a little diligent, um, and running your numbers, spending a little bit of time, as you said, and, and, um, I always say, make it a game in the grocery store, give yourself an, a certain amount of time so you can get in and get out and under, you know, it within that time, because it eliminates the wandering of the aisles and maybe throwing some extra stuff in your cart. Right. So make it a game. Let's make it fun. I'm giving myself 15 minutes to get in and out with everything on my list and see how you do, right? Because let's be honest, some of this, it's not enjoyable. So any way that I can help pull in a little bit of fun and, you know, just yeah. put a smile on somebody's face and let's do it so we can get through the the painful part of this a little bit easier, right? So make it a game. I really like that. And I think it it's, a, it's important to remind ourselves that it's it, it's about forming new habits, right? So if mm -hmm. one of your new habits is I time myself at the grocery store or one of my new habits is I actually put together a very detailed specific list for the meals that I'm going to be making for that mm -hmm. week or whatever, like these habits compounded on one another can really uh, help you to make what could end up being some really significant changes. Mm -hmm. um, and something else I wanted to comment on as you were talking about just the grocery store in general, and, and this even goes back to like bundling services and whatnot, is too often we pay for convenience. Mm. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves personally. So uh, my my wife and I, we like to host friends and family over at the house. And when we do, um, it's one of the, the few times that we'll specifically go to the grocery store for soda. And um, oftentimes, or not oftentimes, let's just say, we'll call a spade a spade. The wife's preference is cans. That's the mm. preference. The preference is get soda cans. But I can buy a 12 pack for what, five, $6 now, and I can get a two liter for a buck 50. <laughs> right. So, why am I paying for the convenience of mm -hmm. them being individually packaged and, and these sorts of things? And that's just one example. But that that idea of we constantly pay for convenience, it mm -hmm. really, it, it adds up. It really does add up. It does. And I'm going to have a little bit of a debate here with you. So it's soda? Sure. Or is it's no, pop? No, it's, it's pop it's, from it's, where I... It's pop where I'm originally from, <laughs> but it's soda out here. Oh, I haven't, I haven't made that jump. I've always called it pop. So it's just a little bit of a debate, sidetracking the whole thing just to get that out of there. 
Well, well, now we're going to take a moment to just dive into this. So I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So in Western mm -hmm. New York, it, it's totally pop. Where Where are you originally from, Sarah? Colorado. And in Colorado, it's pop? Most, yes. Natives, it's pop. That's shocking to me. <laughs> I figured once you got past, like, I don't know, Wisconsin, like, pop, pop was mm -hmm. soda everywhere else, like west of there. And then you get the Apparently crazies that call it soda pop. And I'm just like, okay, you oh, need yeah. to make up your mind. You cannot right. have it both you, ways. You're just <laughs> being indecisive. You're playing the, exactly. You're just playing the fence. <laughs> you know, right. Um, <laughs> no. And, and of course there's uh, in the, what, like Texas and other places in the South, like no matter what you're drinking, it's a Coke, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, you could be dry, drinking Dr. Pepper, but you're drinking Coke apparently because everything's a Coke. Right, right. right. <laughs> Another fun side tip real quick. So I used to work in the, the restaurant industry and I remember mm. it. there was like, there was a shift in like the late 90s, early 2000s where Apparently, like if somebody asked for a Coke, but your restaurant served Pepsi, you had to like distinguish that. Like you had to say, I'm sorry, we don't serve Coke. Is Pepsi okay? It, <laughs> wild. Just wild. Wow. wow. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. It's, it's nuts. So yes. Have, anyways. We have digressed. We will get back on, on track here. But my point about yeah, soda or pop, if you prefer, is, like I said, just one of many examples of convenience where mm -hmm. we end up overspending on something uh, simply because it's a little bit easier. Um, another thing that comes to mind, and this is not necessarily convenience, but maybe, is I think about some of these uh, services, these subscriptions that we all pay for, like an Amazon Prime. And it might be more convenient to pay it monthly, but mm -hmm. it's cheaper to pay it annually, mm -hmm. right? And so even there, you you know, you can save yourself 10% of the cost simply by changing a monthly subscription to an annual subscription because, I'm sorry, but if you have Amazon Prime, are, are you giving that up anytime soon? Um, I, my we guess considered it and we decided that that was, we talked about it because, you know, ours annual, it's going up, not, not a lot, but you know, $20 bill, we're evaluating everything. Right. And so we did talk about it and said, you know, do we use it enough to justify paying this amount of money a year? And, you know, the consensus was yes. You know, our, our kids are still on the plan. They're adults. We all live in different areas. Yes, it's going to work. So we thought about it, but we are keeping it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, right now, it might be a, a pretty good steal. You know, with mm -hmm. as much as we get delivered to the house and that reduces our, our need to go somewhere and yeah. spend that money in gas. You know, mm -hmm. six months ago, I wouldn't have been trying to calculate, do I spend more in gas or mm -hmm. am I spending more? Or am I getting more out of the free shipping through Prime? And and now it's like, I don't even really have to do the calculation. I can tell you, I'm saving mm -hmm. far more money 
with getting things shipped to the house, then if I had to go running, and, and that has something to do with like my location. I just happen to be like 15 miles away from most things. So mm -hmm. going out and getting things uh, becomes like a 30 mile round trip. And right. uh, that adds up. It does. You know, and here's another quick little side note. You know, I had clients the other night. <clears throat> they went through and and I'm this goes back to evaluating what subscriptions you need. They canceled 18 Amazon like the subscribe and say 18 one eight that they had that they decided that they could cancel because they didn't really need those. 18 and that just goes to show, Nino, sometimes that we get into the habit, you know, that we just, um, he also, it's funny, decided that uh, shredded cheese was lazy. So they are no longer buying shredded cheese. They're only buying block and they're going to shred it themselves, um, <laughs> which was convenience. a whole funny discussion, but it was the convenience thing. And he said, and that's what made them go through, you know, some of their their other subscriptions, right? Like what are we doing that's convenience based that we don't actually, that really isn't important to us. Number one, it's not important. Number two, we're really not saving money, right? We get into these habits just because we've done it for so long. So I think now is just a good time to go back through and reevaluate all of your expenses and where can you make yeah. some adjustments? So uh, up and up to about maybe a week, week and a half ago, I would have um, conversations with clients similar about their needs versus their wants. Mm. And I got to tell you, I changed the language about a week, week and a half ago because of uh, one of our partners at New Money Habits, uh, Maria, like she always does the, like she always has a great way of helping you see things through a slightly different prism. Mm -hmm. And so in a time like this, she was talking about conveniences and essentials. Mm. So what are your essentials and what are the conveniences? Because, mm. and, and she's absolutely right. Most people are, are not willing to give up their wants, right? Like needs and wants, you know, you have to get your needs. You should maybe give up some of your wants or whatever. And really, this is not a conversation about what you should give up. There's mm -hmm. another side to this equation, and we'll address that in just a second. But usually it's easier to kind of give up things and to eliminate some of those expenses to help, you know, um, create, generate more of a surplus in your budget. So we, we tend to spend a lot of time there because it's the easier of the two. Sure. But what she was talking about is a lot of times people are willing to give up conveniences mm. sooner than they're willing to give up wants. So if you think mm -hmm. about, and I, I go back to even the, um, the, the analogy or the, uh, the story about the soda and it was, it, it probably still wasn't essential, but I'll use the word essential anyway. It was essential to have soda at the party. It was not e essential to have, canned soda at the party. Right? Mm -hmm. That was a convenience that we were willing to give up. So I just wanted to share that with our listeners because I think there's power in those words. And when you mm -hmm. look at your budget and you're thinking about what's essential mm -hmm. versus what are some conveniences that again, we might be able to go without for a season, 
it's just a great way of looking at it. I love that. I, I love that. And, you know, I might start incorporating some of that. You know, I, I quit using the wants versus needs language some time ago. And I simply say, you know, what is important to you? Is this important to you right now? You know, because if it's mm. not, then you've got a choice, right? And if it is, then great, you've got a choice. But I, so I agree, you know, the wants versus needs, I've kind of shifted away from that because it makes us feel guilty for wanting things and we shouldn't feel guilty for wanting things, right? And- and it's a good point. So um, it, it's normal, we should want things. And so when we are led to believe we have to make a choice between those, I don't generally like that, but it is, it's very much the language that we use, right? And, and um, so I always say, you know, is this important to me right now? You know, is this important to you right now? Or is there another area that's maybe more important, right? There, is there an area that you're trying to focus on? And so a language that we use extremely, and that's why I keep driving home the point of we have a choice, you know, so focus your focus on the areas that you can control, the choices that you can make and use that language. We can all be upset with what's going on outside, but use that as fuel to, to determine what choices you are making um, and what new habits you want to create, right? I think there's some really good things that can come out of this when we're put into a situation as inflation, right? I think there's some really good things that can come out of this. And, you know, you might agree that, um, and you would even mention it, you know, sometimes we make these choices for a season, but it turns out that we, we kind of want to hang on to them a little bit longer because we decide, we see, you know what? I kind of like this new way. This is serving me pretty darn well right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's get started on something and kind of see how it works for you. And sometimes you're going to surprise yourself and, and, and kind of realize you like the new way better, whatever that mm -hmm. is. If it, it means you got rid of uh, a subscription or, you know, you're behaving differently at the grocery store, whatever that is, you might, just decide, hey, I like this a lot better. Mm -hmm. So a couple of minutes ago, I mentioned that we usually focus on the expenses side of things. It's kind of easier to kind of focus on what you can cut out of the budget and you know where are these places that you can save. But there is mm -hmm. another side to this equation. There is an income side mm -hmm. to this equation. And so sometimes it's about earning more money to um, to build up a surplus and not just about cutting expenses. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know about you, Sarah. I know for me, and, and this is much more relevant six plus months ago, um, but it actually it might even be more relevant like pre-pandemic. But mm. there seemed to be like this trend of a side hustle, right? So maybe you have your your normal nine to five job or whatever that is. But an easy way to make some extra cash is to find a side hustle, whatever that might be. Um, for a buddy of mine, it was, uh, he was buying up goods uh, pretty cheaply and, and turning around and selling them on, uh, on Amazon for a profit. And so he was able to find um, a side hustle doing that. My coaching practice started as a side hustle while I had a, a full-time W-2 and of course, some of the most popular ones right now are things like rides, ride share and food delivery mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. 
But so obviously there's an opportunity on that side of the equation as well. Absolutely. And some, you know, let's be real. Sometimes we don't want to have to do that. Right. Um, but I think there's a lot of ways that we can increase income, um, in side gig, but let's not forget the opportunity to ask for a raise at work. You know, that we, I think sometimes we forget that we have that option. Um, we might not get it, but you never know unless you try. So, you know, if a side gig and something that you really don't want to take a look at, don't forget to ask, you know, and, and don't forget that you have the ability to ask for a raise at work. Now, if you truly, if you feel you deserve, now, if you're a crap employee, and I'm just going to say this like it is, if you're, don't do that, right? Because you're going to find yourself probably without a job. Mm-hmm. So be a good employee, right? Take pride in what you do, but, but um, it never hurts to ask for a raise at work. You know, and along the same lines, <clears throat> because of everything that's happened the past couple of years, more employees are allowing more remote work. So that might be an option too. You could say, maybe it's not a raise, but maybe you can negotiate different working, a different working relationship, right? So maybe you work from home one or two days a week, um, you know, so that cuts down on your fuel. So you're essentially kind of giving yourself a raise, right? You're still working, but you don't have as many costs. So um, I just want to throw that out there. Some, you know, little tips that, um, if you don't want to look for a side gig, there's still some options with your regular job um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so important to remember that being a good employee and then having good productive conversations and negotiations is, is important. Um, mm-hmm. I understand that if you are at a place and you experience layoffs, one of the last things you might think about doing is actually asking for a raise. But there's a certain there's a certain set of logic that would tell you that that might be one of the best times mm-hmm. to ask for a raise. Because at the end of the day, the business did just save itself some money or whatever. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that tough times are over, but Mm -hmm. the expectation of your workload is going to go up. So shouldn't the expectation of your compensation go up? And sometimes compensation is not just dollars and cents. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's more or better paid time off. Maybe it is a, um, an agreement to get some, work from home capacity, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. right now you can't work from home at all, or maybe you can only work from home one or two days a week. Well, could, could you increase that? Which is going to, of course, reduce things like, um, not only gasoline for the commute, but commute time and, and whatnot. So there's, there's things to be negotiated there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes don't lose sight too, that even if you're, your company is maybe in a harder place or whatever, they're usually still like trying to fill certain positions or whatnot. So be on the internal job boards, looking at what else is out there, even Mm -hmm. internally that you might be able to move into that compensates differently. That's a great point. 
That's a great point because even if layoffs are happening or, you know, the company is downsizing a little bit, it doesn't mean they haven't closed their doors. You know, things, business is still moving as usual. Right. And, and, you know, I'm just going to say that most of the time companies don't want to close their doors. So if they've got an eager employee that wants a raise, but you know, your, your, um, your um, workload is increased too, chances are they're going to be pretty darn excited about that. And, you know, be happy. You weren't one of the ones that got laid off, right? There's a reason why you're there. Um, so mm -hmm. show them, you know, show, show the people that matter, show your co coworkers, show your boss, you know, that, that they made the right choice in keeping you. And um, you're eager to fill some of those gaps that have just come about. You know, you know, if, sometimes it's hard to, to look for a side gig too. You know, sometimes it kind of hurts us in the pride. You know, um, I've definitely been that person. Sometimes, as you said, you know, we've got kind of used to being home, um, maybe more around our, our family the past couple years. And so leaving them more, it's hard. Um, you know, it's, and talking about, you know, we're talking about inflation, fuel prices. And so, gosh, I'm looking for a side gig, you know, um, some of the deliveries, why do I want to spend more in gas? You know, is it really worth it? And I would encourage everybody to just do their own due diligence and, you know, run some numbers and actually investigate. But there are also a lot of opportunities that for remote work, you know, companies are hiring remote workers more now than they ever have, excuse me, more now than they ever have in the past. And, um, you know, so you're still at home. You're not, you know, maybe you've got a few extra expenses. Maybe you need to upgrade your internet or, you know, maybe there's something along those lines, but you know, don't, don't push the idea off the plate until you've really done some more investigating now, um, because increasing your income doesn't have to be as hard as we make it out to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, you know, there are so many different opportunities to make additional income. I think, and I fell victim of to this really early on um, when I when I got laid off in 2012. That was kind of the spark to my new money habits and trying to figure out, like, okay. In that particular situation, I was laid off. I was given a severance, and and so I had a safety net. But what had what would have happened had I not had that severance? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had a safety net. So I needed to do something different. And so early on, uh, that was late 2012. So early 2013, I remember like sitting across the manager from a local pizzeria talking about possibly joining the team as a pizza delivery driver. Mm -hmm. um, I remember reaching back out to um, a, a national restaurant chain, chain that I had worked for in my early 20s and thinking about waiting tables at night. Like I, I had, um, mm -hmm. this was even after I was reemployed gainfully, W-2, mm -hmm. full-time with a salary. I, I was like, something else needs to change though, because I, I want to get out of debt. I want to do these things. So I remember back then being very limited in the scope of what I thought was possible. And it wasn't <laughs> until I, I found my way 
through some of this stuff and started teaching other people that I realized, wait a minute, I kind of have a knack for this. Mm. And so a financial coaching practice just kind of bloomed out of what was seemingly nowhere. And within a couple of months, I was earning more just coaching people financially than I would have had I taken the pizza delivery job mm. or the, the waiting tables job. So I had a very limited uh, idea of what was possible. And so there are so many possibilities out there. And it yeah. really is about maybe looking at, you know, just looking into it and, and discovering what you're, you're passionate about. Um, earlier, I mentioned a buddy of mine, he buys stuff up and then he sells it on Amazon and for a nice little turnaround. And so if you like shopping, you know, maybe this is it's something that you, you know, would, uh, would enjoy doing or what, whatever the case may be, but there's so many opportunities. There, there really are. And, you know, for a while, I, I, I don't mind sharing. I worked with a kid's consignment sale for a while, you know, my, um, good friend at the time, she did it, but she had, you know, several little kids. My kids were older, but she said, you know, Hey, the owner needs some help. And it turned into making, and I'll say a decent amount of money. And I bought used kids clothes and toys and turn around and resold them and made a lot of money. It was crazy. So there, and, but I think, you know, and I think, you know, just to say, just be open, right? Be open and have your eyes open to the possibilities that are out there. Don't, don't be closed off on, you know, and because you never know when those opportunities kind of come knocking at the door. And if you're not open to receive them, then they're going to go away. So I always like to be open and say, you know what, I'll look at anything. doesn't mean I have to say yes to everything, but I'll, I'll take a look at anything and see. Um, but, you know, increasing income, decreasing, you know, reducing expenses. <sighs> Two of the ways, you know, that we can beat and, and get through kind of the inflation season that we're in. Yeah. Yep. And actually there's one other quick hack that I want to share with our listeners mm. about um, increasing your income. And it's really easy to do, especially if you are a W2 employee, meaning you're employed anywhere <clears throat> and, and somebody's paying you a paycheck. Mm -hmm. That paycheck is having federal and state taxes withheld from it. Mm -hmm. And if you receive a large tax refund every single year, it's an indication that you are paying more out of your paycheck in taxes than you need to. So a quick hack is to actually adjust your mm -hmm. federal tax withholdings so that money's actually coming back home to you every two weeks or every week, whatever you're paid. And so for more information on that, y'all should tune in next week when we're gonna talk to you about taxes specifically and we'll be sure to, to jump into that in more detail, but that mm. is a quick hack on, think about this for a moment. Here, here's some math for you. If you have a $6,000 tax refund at the end of the year, 
That means you gave the federal government $500 more every single month than you needed to. So what would you do with a $500 raise next month? Mm -hmm. I would imagine it would go a long way to helping with any, any tightness you're feeling from all this inflation to have another $500 coming home with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's a great point. Something again, that we don't know that we can change, you know, people, you have the ability to make those adjustments. And sometimes I don't think we know that we do. So, um, always a great idea to take a look at it, you know, um, um, because I'm not a tax professional, but, you know, I think it's a good idea for everybody to just know their options, right? And to take a look at it, see if that might be another another area to make an adjustment in. Um, and, you know, can I just throw something else out real quick, Nino, that, um, of course. you know, we haven't really talked about this. And, and um, you know, there are, I have been in a situation where I was working my tail off and had a really hard time paying my bills. Um, I was a single mom at the time. And um, like my budget was tight, right? Just barely getting by. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are, are even not even single parents, but you know, single parents and just really struggling in your budget is you, you've got your plan, you've got your budget, but it's still really tight and you're, you're really having a difficult time. You know, I just want to give you encouragement to reach out to some of the organizations and everything that are out there because there are programs available to help people. And you don't, so often I hear, well, we're, it's not that bad. We could be a lot worse. You know, we could be in a lot worse situation. And, you know, maybe that's true, but programs exist to help us get through a difficult time. And so don't hesitate to reach out. Um, your gas company, your electric company, you know, reach out to those companies to see if they've got programs, rental assistance, you know, see if there's some help in those areas to help, you know, you, it's not a handout. It really is a, a hand up, you know, and, and just to get on your feet um, if you're doing everything that you can now. So um, I just want to throw that out there because I know a lot of times people are afraid and embarrassed to ask um, and to use those programs, but that's what they're there for. So yeah. Um, I just want to throw it out there to encourage people to don't let pride get in the way. And I appreciate you kind of reminding us because I'll tell you for, for someone like myself, it's not even necessarily pride. It's I I totally forget that -hmm. those programs even exist. I mean, given the, the, um, the global pandemic, you know, the last two years or whatnot, every time I log in to go pay my mortgage, it's like, do you need COVID-19 help, like relief? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel fortunate that I haven't necessarily had to click on that link yet, but it, it's the only reminder that I've mm-hmm. had that there's help out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is a great reminder that, you, like you said, with your utility companies, there are probably programs that based off your income or whatever, they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. there'll be some type of, um, Oh, what is the word I'm looking for? When the subsidy, when the government, mm-hmm. when the government subsidizes a portion of your bill, uh, 
it's great. It's a great reminder for anybody who's in a housing market like the Phoenix housing market, which has absolutely gone bananas over yeah. the last 12 months. Uh, I had a friend who was just priced out of the the Phoenix market um, because his rent was going to go up by 25%, 25% increase yeah. on his rent. And so to, to have, it, it never dawned on me to think, hey, instead of getting priced out, maybe there is a, a program that will help you to stay local Mm -hmm. and subsidize part, part of your rent or whatever the case may be. So it's just, it's a great reminder. And, and I thank you, Sarah, for sharing it. Well, and, you know, I've been in that situation to reach out to, you know, different programs and, you know, for help. And, um, you know, I work with a lot of people that um, I encourage to reach out because they're in a really tight place, right? And And I'll just speak, you know, from in the Phoenix area. So anybody that's listening, there are a ton of programs, um, a ton of programs. And, you know, I've talked to some of the program um, directors that said, if they don't get enough response, they have to close the programs down. These programs need people to use, to utilize them, to stay afloat and to, to be relevant. And so if people, if, if we're not using them, then they don't stick around. And so, um, Please, please, please. Food. There's so many food programs, and and I know for sure that the electric company, one of the major electric companies, um, I just was at the Home and Garden Show a couple weekends ago. They had a big poster that said, "If you need help, please contact them." So anybody that's in the Phoenix area with the major electric company, um, I know 100% for a fact that they've got help available. So please don't hesitate to reach out. What a what a great reminder. Uh, and what a great uh, topic. I mean, not a great, like a great discussion around a tough topic. That's what I meant yeah. to say. A, a great discussion <laughs> around a tough topic. Inflation, like you said at the top, it really is affecting each and every one of us. It's affecting us in different ways, but we are all feeling the effects of rising prices for goods and services and um and maybe our income not keeping up. You know, I think back to, you know, just a moment ago, I shared that my friend's rent was increasing by 25%. Mm. Unfortunately, his income was not. So right. it, he could not keep up with the the rise in uh, home prices. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> I think um, just as a reminder, it's, it's a call to dive back into the plan and to really scrutinize the plan and look at, uh, you know, how has your grocery bill been affected? And maybe it hasn't. Maybe maybe you're somebody who, as prices have risen, you've decided we're just not going to pick up a steak this time. And, and so you've been able to budget the same amount of money and you're just shopping a little bit differently. Um, you know, maybe you're like my wife and I, and you, you're switching cars to save on gas, or mm -hmm. we're just being even more diligent about our daily and our, our daily trips on the weekend. Like, where do we need to go? And, uh, and really thinking about the order in which to, to visit mm -hmm. everything. You know, I'm <clears throat> looking at the map earlier and earlier in the day to map out where we're going, because with all of the road improvements that are happening in the greater Phoenix area, 
There are times that freeways are completely shut down and I don't want to be sitting in traffic for an hour and a half burning up gas. So it's about finding alternate routes and it's just being really diligent and mindful. But this really Mm -hmm. is a call to all of our listeners. Really dig into that plan of yours called the budget and and start looking at um, and scrutinizing each of these different things, the services. Mm -hmm. Can you bundle? Can you eliminate? Can you do something different? And remember that every choice that you make is your choice to make. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to last a lifetime. It may be only for a season or you may decide, I really like the way I'm doing this. And this is the way I plan on doing it uh, from here on out. Absolutely. You know, I shared too, we're going through everything, um, all of our budget, you know, what do we, and um, I'll just say real quick, my storage unit, they're increasing my rent on my storage unit by 30%, a 30% increase on storage units. So we've decided we're, we're buying a storage, you know, shed. We've got a friend that is allowing us to keep it on their property. And while, you know, this is interesting, you know, well, it's actually not going to save us money. It's going to be the same amount unless storage increases, right? So we're spending a significant mm-hmm. amount to buy a storage container, but the difference is we can turn around and sell that later on, right? And get some of our money back, whereas we can't with a storage unit. So keep some of those things in mind too, right? That where can um, adjustments be made? It's always about looking at an adjustment and we're choosing to spend this money because it's on an asset, something that we can then turn around and sell later on, um, where as a storage unit, we can't, right? So that money's kind of down the drain. So I think just evaluating everything, evaluating everything. Yeah. And if you need help evaluating your, your plan, if you're not already on a new money habits, uh, budget plan, you can visit our website at newmoneyhabits.com and download our free budgeting worksheet there. That's going to help you to build a plan that is based off of your pay periods. It's also going to help you build a plan that helps you to prioritize your expenses. So those two things that we say are probably the most important thing to your plan. It'll help you to do that. But if you need help beyond that and you need to uh, sit down and maybe go through uh, your budget with an outside objective observer. Know that you can schedule time with myself or with Sarah. Uh, You can find links to do that on our website as well. Again, that is newmoneyhabits.com. It's a pleasure as always, Sarah. Thank you for Mm -hmm. taking the time to tackle this topic with me today. And, uh, We thank everybody for tuning in and we look forward to continuing the conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.